Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides. I've built a set of mathematical models named Sideline that predict various sports outcomes. You'll know more about the models during the course of this episode. It's set to cover five Major League Baseball games scheduled to be played on Monday, May 1st, 2023. In case you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new. For some explanations and community rules... Also, if you're interested in projections of picks for every single game, sign up on Dub Club. That link is in the show description. It's also where you get access to our Discord chat. We had a lot of UFC chatter over the weekend, NHL, NBA talk, other people in there telling other people what they like, having good conversation, good learnings, a lot of great stuff over in that Discord. So you can check that out in the link in the show description. Remember that sports are unpredictable, so the discussion on this show projects a typical game. Does not try to forecast it to a T as it'd be a foolish and impossible goal. I take a long-term view right here and don't get distracted. When we just, I think we've like lost our last four extra inning games. I lost a ton of one-run games. had a bunch of blown leads. As I'm always talking about and preaching, it's a, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And it, it's, you know, had a couple of bad luck things happen this weekend. Still overall on the positive for the month of April. It's a solid month. Obviously, I want better because I always want more profits, right? This is the way we go here. But it was a profitable month for April. And in the long run, this stuff's going to balance out. We're going to have some good luck. We're going to have some bad luck. Every once in a while, we're going to be on the right side of things where we got five games and we just win all the close ones and get all the comeback wins. Uh, it felt like Sunday was the exact opposite. But again, that's just kind of the way it goes. It's like I'm always saying we'll have good variants and bad variants. So as much as I'd like to say we'll be profitable every single day, unfortunately, that's an impossible reality for any gambler uh just again a reminder sign up on dub club that's where you can get all the picks a plus play of the day has been rolling all the a grade plays been rolling the b grade plays are back positive or right around break even depending on how like the last game here of the day goes or whatever uh for the month of april expecting better things for those and so you get just extra picks all the total projections uh all the total stuff's working out really well and so we'll make those uh, official picks. I said I was going to wait a month. And so I'm sticking my word. I made it a month. It's now May or it's a, uh, you know, April 30th, you know, right now, but we're talking about May 1st games. So we're gonna have some official total picks on the show. You know, those total projections. Um, if you're on dub club and a lot of people profited a lot from those, the marks of what you need for an A grade, I give all sorts of goodies over there. So again, just a reminder to sign up over there. I got three games. We won't talk about those will be discussed in the discord. Those picks will be given out via dub club right now it's looking like three a grade plays over there that we're not going to talk about um for various reasons but uh, i do like a lot of things talking about here on the show but before i get to that some reminders please hit that like button if you're on youtube also if you aren't yet please consider subscribing or following it's free and if you turn on notifications you'll miss any the college basketball mlb or college football content that this channel provides i do a grade money then plays return four units that is the risk plus win equals four so it was proportionally more on favorites than dogs. B grades return three, C return two. In totals, I do flat betting. R- usually risk a little bit more than one unit to win a unit. So they'll be kind of like C plus plays or B minus plays. They'll kind of fall in between B and C. Totals have a little bit more variance. So I like to weigh them just a little bit less than our B grade plays. So you'll see a little bit more on those B grade plays, whether it's the risk or reward. Uh, but again, I like the scaled out version. You can kind of see why with a couple of the picks we're going to talk about later. 
hear why I think it works really well because there's a couple games that I think have decent value, but I don't want to put too much on them because the odds are kind of out there. Uh, but let's get to it. And as always, take what you like and leave the rest. You know, those day game double headers, those will be featured over exclusively on Dub Club. So to the night games, 7 to 5 p- p.m. Eastern. Cubs and the Nats, and after a full month of, of seeing this and looking at last year, the seat grades are really, on the whole, kind of take them or leave them. If you like them, go for them. Uh, if you like the other side, go for it. Uh, they're right around break even. I kind of think that's about where they'll be maybe slightly, I think slightly positive, uh, but you never really know on these things, uh, you know, with the variants we're always talking about. I'm going to make an effort to talk about the C grade picks that I like that I want included in my portfolio for one reason or another here on show. So that way you can kind of delineate between the C's that I'm looking to play myself versus the C's that I'm more passing on. And this is definitely one that would be in my portfolio here. Model says it's not great value because Cubs minus 132 is a little bit steeper than the model's projected price of minus 126. But the model says the Cubs win this about 56% of the time. And while I do love Mackenzie Gore, and I've talked about how good he is, and, and he's done great this year, it's just this Nats team doesn't have much around them. They are going to win some games. They aren't going to go 0 162, or they aren't going to go whatever they've won 10 games ish, probably at this point, eight games and 150, whatever, right? They're, they're not going to do that. No, they're going to win some games. They won on Sunday in big fashion, but they lost both of them on Saturday. So, you know, and you weren't having to lay like minus 200 or something with the Pirates this weekend. So if you just faded the Nats, you're profitable. And so that's kind of how I view this is for the most part, anytime I can fade the Nats, I want to, uh, they're just not a very good team. They don't have a good bullpen. They don't have a good offense. And that's what's plagued McKenzie Gore is that he's done great, but he hasn't gotten any run support and his bullpen's let him down because this Nats team is just terrible. So I just kind of want to fade him. It's not going to work every single day, but that's not what we're about here because nobody's going to go hundred percent. Nobody's going to go 90% or 80%. We know we're going to lose some. So we have to be thinking about, making sure we get good investments at good prices and good situations. And the books just haven't really caught up to how bad this Nats team is. At some point, that's going to change, and these odds are going to be outrageous, and we are going to be able to fade the Nats. But I just don't think the books have caught up yet. That's been evident so far in the first month of the season. And the same thing here. I don't want too much on this, though, because Gore is a good pitcher. This price is, again, a little steep. So, again, C-grade, scaling back the play, but not a bad investment here. Drew Smiley is right behind Gore, not that far worse than him. And the Cubs, again, their bullpen's not great. Their offense isn't great, but both of them are still better than the Nats. And so I'm on the Cubs here at minus 132. C grade, a little bit of an investment, not a huge one. I'm passing on the total. I'm seeing eight and a half right now. Model says 8.1. So not a big enough edge for me to jump all over. We are going to have a wind blowing out around 10 miles an hour for the totality of this game, but the temperatures will be down in the 50s. And so you've got two decent pitchers. If the wind wasn't so strong and blowing out, with Smiley being decent in this Nats offense, I have no faith in them, and, and Gore being a good pitcher, under would absolutely make sense. That wind blowing out is kind of just what keeps me off of it a little bit at this point. So if that changes, you know, I'll run an update in the morning. Maybe that's an added total play to look under. I definitely wouldn't go over because, again, with with a Cubs offense that can struggle at times and a Nats offense that can struggle most of the time and two decent pitchers, over isn't really for me. But – I I really want nine if I'm going to go under on this one, eight and a half. It's just not quite good enough for me. 17 p.m. Eastern Blue Jays at the Red Sox. Let's back Barrios again and the Blue Jays. Let's fade Corey Kluber again. It's mostly worked, not every single start, but I keep talking about Jose Barrios. 
471 ERA, but I have said it over and over. And remember back on after his like second start, his ERA was like 10. And I kept saying, I was like, hey, the underlying metrics are pretty good. His ERA is going to start dropping. He hasn't looked that bad. It, it hasn't even been a full month of the season yet. And it's already dropped down into the fours. The advanced metrics say it should be about two and a half. I'm not sure he'll get down to that point. <laughs> I, I don't I don't think he's quite that good. But I do think that his ERA is going to continue to come down. He's much better than the results have been. He's starting to show it here these last few starts. He's been really profitable first to back here as of late. And I'm still on the Jose Barrios train. I still think he's an above average pitcher. Corey Kluber, on the other hand, I keep saying it ain't pretty and it ain't going to get pretty. And that's exactly what keeps happening. 675 ERA and the advanced metrics say mid sixes is about accurate. He doesn't project to be that bad because of the historical data, but he has not looked good this year. I don't think it's going to get any better. I'm all about backing Barrios. I'm all about fading Kluber. Barrios road numbers aren't great. Again, I've talked about this. I don't really think there's much to that other than all pitchers do better at home. Than the road. So, I mean, there is that home road thing to consider, but I don't, I think it's a little bit overblown if you're talking about him. Statistically speaking, you just don't really see true effects that are different by pitcher. It's something we like to talk about. It's something that has happened, but I just don't think it's that predictive. I think Barrios is going to be fine on the road. I think he's going to be better at home. I think he's going to be respectable. All you need to be is respectable against this Red Sox offense because it's average. And so even if Barrios is average, that should be fine because this Blue Jays offense should go to town against Corey Kluber. Projected total in this game is 10.3. I'm seeing a total of 10. There's no way I would play this total. If you're going to play a total, it's, it's almost got to be a team total. Got to go Blue Jays team total over or Red Sox team total under. I'm not sure about that Red Sox team total under. I'm a little bit nervous. I do believe in Barrios, but we have a very hitter-friendly ballpark in Fenway. That's why it's a total of 10. And so I'm just not sure if I want to mess with that angle. If you like the under, that'd be the way I would do it because I would not want any part of an under with this Blue Jays offense against a pitcher like Corey Kluber, but instead I, and I wouldn't want to go game over total just because I just don't really, I think Barrios might be better than, than people realize, but Blue Jays team total over might be a way to look again. It's really correlated with taking the Blue Jays on the side. So again, know that there's that correlation there. Don't go all in, you know, split your, your wager. If you're, if you're doing that, I'm not going to, I'm just going to focus on Blue Jays min- minus minus one forty eight. It's a B-grade pick. Model says about minus 150 that the Blue Jays win this 60% of the time, plus expected value play. That gets into the B-grade according to my scaling. And again, I just think that we're getting value because people don't think Barrios is good and don't realize how bad Kluber is. So I just think there's value here. You can play at first five. Blue Jays bullpen's better than the Red Sox bullpen, so I'm just sticking to the full game. I don't really want to get into a market that's got more juice, and I don't really think you're getting a lot better value because – it doesn't really matter if these guys go four or seven. The bullpens are still kind of the same situation. I'd rather have the Blue Jays bullpen. So I'm just going to full game uh, at this point. But there are a couple different ways to play it if you have certain things you like and certain slight other angles that you see. I already talked about the total. It will be a kind of chilly night in Fenway, but the chilly night hasn't seemed to matter because that park can play so hitter friendly because it's so deep in parts. There's just too much ground to cover and so shallow in parts. And of course, you got the monster that makes it real easy to pop a home run over or hit a double off of. And so, uh, wind blowing out, really good Blue Jays offense. Uh, game total again, I'm not interested in, but 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 if I had to, I would go Blue Jays team total over. 18 p.m. Eastern, Giants and the Astros. Astros playing on Sunday Night Baseball. Don't really think that affects them that much because they're home and they're getting a night game, so it plays just like a normal day. Giants, on the other hand, coming from Mexico City, traveling through customs. A little bit of a weirder situation there. Weird setup with just how that game was played. 
pitchers, they used every reliever, I'm pretty sure, at this point in those two games. By doing that, you know, it's coming from cores, but worse. It messes up with you, how you're throwing everything, your release point, because the ball just doesn't move the same in that altitude. Who knows if they used a different ball for game one or game two. That was a whole weird situation with all the runs and then none of the runs. It just it feels like the first game back for the Giants and Padres. Just not a great situation for them. There's just a lot happening there. So I want to be on the other side here. So I'm on the Astros at minus 180. It's about what the model predicts as they win the 64.5% of the time. Luis Garcia, I talked about how I was really nervous about his first couple of starts not being able to use his wind if he'd been using previously. And I think uh, I think it was after two starts, after three, I can't remember which one I said that. And then ever since then, he has been lights out. He figured out, and that's where you got to watch with these rule changes and how these things play out. So I watch a lot of a lot of the games rely on the model because I don't want to overreact to a few games, but we do want to look at where the few games tells us an interesting story that that is real and not just variance, right? Early on, Luis Garcia was struggling. I do think it was real, kind of like the, the guy like Chris Bassett struggling. Some of the, the timing stuff, it's it's affecting some of these pitchers. And I do think it really affected Luis Garcia with a very unique delivery. And so you're just kind of watching and waiting, going, is he, when's he going to figure it out? When's he going to figure it out? When? He figured it out. And he's back to being the above average pitcher that he's been before that the model said he would be better than average grade underlying metrics starting to come into form ERA starting to drop good pitcher here. And again, now, now he's had a couple of good starts where it's like, okay, the, the, the fact that he had to use a different delivery, he's, he's settled in now after a couple of Rocky starts rush dribbling for the giants. I don't think he's bad. I've always liked him in the past. He's really struggled so far this year for the Giants. Uh, ERA close to seven. And the underlying metrics say, you know, that's about that's about right. And so, you know, it's an interesting story with him. The talk was how much they were going to use him solely out of the pen. And that didn't happen. And now he's he's in the he's in the starting rotation. So I'm you know, he he's he's been a good starter. He's been a guy who maybe didn't go deep enough, kind of like Alex Wood. And and that's I guess part of why he's starting is because a guy like Wood's on, on the IL. Uh and they don't I guess think they they have enough depth to do other things. But you know, he's always just been a guy who doesn't go deep enough. But so far this year, he hasn't looked really good. So the model says there's a pretty big starting pitcher discrepancy. The Giants bullpen just meh. Uh, compared to a really good Astros bullpen, of course, the Astros offense, even though it's still not 100% healthy, and of course, as an Astros fan, I'm just waiting for later in the season when they are fully healthy, but they're still an above average offense, right? They still got a lot of pop. Uh, you know, Bregman uh, always been a slow starter, but as he comes around, uh, Kyle Tucker, great hitter, obviously, Jordan Alvarez, everyone knows by him. So, I mean, you still got some decent bats in that lineup to make it pretty good. So, <clears throat> kind of every edge goes the Astros' way, including the home field and including the weird, whatever travel, including whatever altitude issues the giants might have coming back now playing in a normal park. I, I don't know if it's going to affect them. It just could. Uh, so Astros it's Astros or pass minus one eighties, a little steep. It's, it's kind of right out of almost at a B grade range. I'm still on them here to B grade. Uh, as I think there's a little bit of value here, as long as you're getting that number, maybe play them in the minus one eighties. I wouldn't play them into minus one nine or above. I just think at that point, it's a straight pass. I don't want the giants at that point, but it's too much to play the Astros total is 9.2 according to the model I'm seeing eight and a half and nine 
Um, not really a, a total I think is worth messing with. Uh, personally, if I was going to do something, it would be team totals. But, uh, you know, they're so clear to the side, I'm just going to stick the side play personally. Might have an open roof. The weather should be really nice in Houston. So I think it's a great chance for them to do that. And I would assume that they will. We're going to be around 80 degrees to start, around 70 degrees to close. Um wind swirling around in there. So it's not really exactly sure how that'll play out, but it should be great weather. If you're looking to get to a game in Houston, 940 PM Eastern reds at those aforementioned Padres. Here's the thing for the Padres. It's a lot longer of a flight from Mexico city back to San Diego than it is from Mexico city to Houston. So that's even adding, you know, extra issues here for the Padres, along with all of the issues that I just talked about with the giants, all those relievers pitching, all the weird altitude stuff, customs, you know, just a different setup for them uh, than they're used to. So I think the Reds are a great play here. Plus 196 is a B grade model says it should be 193. But this is why I like that scaling because the B grades add up to three units. So on the previous play with the Astros, we're almost risking two full units to win about one unit here. It basically flips um, and we're risking one unit to win about two. But, um, you know, on an even money play, you're about one and a half to one and a half. So it just kind of scales you up and down uh, a little bit better, in my opinion. I want a little bit on the Reds here, but I don't want to put too much on them because the Reds still aren't a great team. The Padres are still the better team for sure. It's just the travel in the spot. I just think it's probably better for the Reds. And on top of that, I just want to keep fading Blake Snell. I, I still think he's a good pitcher. I'm just not sure he's figured it out completely at this point. It, you know, his underlying metrics for the season are still really terrible. He still projects to be good, but I'm not convinced just yet after one good start that he's completely found it. And maybe he has, maybe he's back rolling. And when he's rolling, he's really good. He's just a guy that's just hot or cold. And most pitchers, that's not real. Most pitchers have three good starts or three bad starts in a row. And it's not real. It's just random variants. And people like to make stories because our brains like to do that. It's how we survived thousands of years ago before we had you know, uh, more peaceful civilization, more, more being the optimal than we do today. Um, so it's just, we like to tell ourselves stories, right? But I don't think those stories are real, but with Snell, it does seem like he gets just can't find it for a long time. And then he's amazing for a long time. And so, uh, once he turns it around, he's a guy I absolutely want to be backing almost price independent. Cause he's gonna have a great offense and a decent bullpen behind him, at least decent enough in the, the back three innings. Uh, right. And so he's just got to go six and he's got three good innings behind him. It's just for right now. Uh, I'm just not completely sold. So I think it's kind of one of those, neither pitchers. Great. Obviously I have no faith in Luke Weaver to do anything for the reds. Um, reds bullpen, you know, struggled for the most part against Oakland on Sunday, but kind of did the job for us. Otherwise, benefit for the reds here, they project better against the lefty. And so that's why I think they got a shot here in this one. I'm not sure how much of a shot they'll have in some of these other games against the Padres, given the Padres are so good. But I think this first game is kind of their best chance to take one. If you get a uh, a Blake Snell miss game, which he's had, you know, I think four of his five this year have been, plus whatever weird travel stuff, if any of that's affecting uh, the team from just a wonky situation there. Reds could be a solid, solid chance. Just take a stab at a dog here on a Monday night. Weather-wise, mid-50s, wind blowing slightly out. Here's the thing, though. A total that I will absolutely be playing, seeing nine and the model projects 7.6. It's going to be hard for the ball to carry. And if there's any sort of mess ups from the Padres swings from this weekend, trying to hit fly balls, uh, you know, it ain't going to carry in that part. And so those are going to become outs. And so uh, such a huge discrepancy like this, this is an official 
total play under. I am officially going under nine in this one to pair with my chance at the Reds uh, pulling the upset. And I don't want to play a team total because this kind of gives me a good chance to win uh, both of them. But if nothing else, then I got a great shot to win one or the other. And if I win either one of them, it can be a positive game for us. So uh, not a team total, just sticking to the full game under nine there. And then wrapping us up late game, 10, 10 p.m. Eastern Phillies, the Dodgers, a great pick on the Dodgers at minus 160. Phillies kind of dealing with the curse of Sunday night baseball. And of course there's no such thing as a curse, but just the fact that teams have a harder time playing when they play a night game and then travel overnight while the other team hasn't had to. That's the case here. The Dodgers are at home resting up, uh, should be a great rested opportunity for them, but the Phillies won't get into Los Angeles. It's, it's, you know, a three-hour flight, I believe, from Houston. Won't get in there until really late. And so Dodgers are a strong pick here. Sideline says it should be uh, Dodgers minus 179. So minus 160 just ekes into an A grade. I'd still be playing them in the 160s, in the 170s. It's just talking more B grade at that point. Don't know where the number goes, but I think the Dodgers are a good play here. Gonsolin didn't look great from an underlying metric standpoint. His last start didn't go very deep, was limited, of course, on the pitch count. I assume his pitch count is going to be a little bit higher on this one, letting him go deeper. He didn't give up a run. Again, it was just uh, the underlying metrics were a little bit shakier, but second start back now should be a whole lot better. And again, that Dodgers bullpen is pretty good. Philly's pin's been really good, but I just don't have a lot of faith in Taiwan Walker. So it's a big edge here in my book for the Dodgers and starting in the starting pitcher department uh, because Taiwan Walker's five ERA is about what the advanced metrics hit should be. And the good offense like the Dodgers ought to be able to take advantage of that. So love the Dodgers here. A grade play. They've got the much better offense. Bryce Harper coming back. And of course that could be a big boost to their offense. Going to DH for them as he's still not able to throw. Not sure exactly when that's going to happen. There's some discussion of it being sometime this week early. So of course that's the thing to keep an eye on. That could give them a, a nice shot in the arm, but either way, I still think the Dodgers are a great play here. I think this is sets up really well for them from a pitching matchup standpoint. Temperatures in the low fifties, a breeze blowing out to center field, just like we always see uh, in Dodger stadium. So kind of a, uh, normal night here. Um, projected total 8.6. I'm seeing eight and a half and nine. So a total that's spot on. And again, just assuming that there's no Harper for this game um, is ideal for the Dodgers. It sounds like he'll be back potentially on Tuesday. So that would be probably more when the Phillies have a better chance of pulling a road upset. Obviously anything can happen in baseball, but again, this still sets up to be a great spot to back the Dodgers given the pitching and given the travel issues for the Phillies. That's all I've got for you here today. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pitch the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy all the sports betting content provided on this channel. It dropped right into your feed. Be back again tomorrow with more baseball betting content. Until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.